This is 400 Plus. I'm Mark Sims. My guest is Attorney April Prayer. How are you, Attorney Prayer? I'm great. I'm excited to be on your podcast. Thank you for having me. I think I'm more excited to have you here. This is going to be good because <laughs> the first one we did was excellent. Uh, Attorney Prayer, I, I, I was thinking about making titling this. I never know how I'm going to title a podcast, but I was going to think about title thinking about titling this podcast. You will be stopped by the police. So, Attorney uh, uh, Prayer, what do you tell folks who have been stopped or who will be stopped by the police? Well, one, if I'm talking to black folks, first thing I tell them is that one in two black boys will be arrested by their 23rd birthday. One in two. And so if you have a one in two chance of your son, your nephew, your cousin, or the person standing next to them of being arrested, it's pretty important that we know what to do when stopped. You will be stopped by a police officer, whether it's for a traffic ticket, a speeding ticket, whatever it is, you will be stopped. But we're not taught this in school. We're not taught this in church. And I hate to break it to the parents on here, but what you're teaching your child is wrong. And so if that's the case, we're still in a position where when a police officer knocks on our window, we're expected to inherently know what to do. So that's obviously a huge disconnect. So what I teach is simple rules that people can remember under pressure because we're all scared. We're all kind of panicky, kind of annoyed when we get pulled over by a police officer. And so I want people to have four things in their mind that they can rapidly draw upon when in a bad situation. So I teach four R's and they are don't run, don't reach, don't resist, and don't run your mouth. And they sound all very basic and very simple, but they're not at all. So if you're a 40-year-old, you're probably your first thought probably is not to jump out the car and take off running. But if you're a 15-year-old <laughs> and maybe you're in your friend's car and your mom's car and a stolen car, that will be your very first thought is to jump out the car and outrun the cop. But what happens is you you absolutely turn into a moving target because the police officer doesn't know what you're running with. He doesn't know who or what you're running to, and immediately you have been deemed a threat. So do not run. Teach your children, no matter what they've done wrong, to be still and not run away from police. The second one is don't reach. And again, sounds super basic, but if you're driving a car and the police officer stops you, your first thought is, okay, where's my driver's license? So ladies, don't have it buried at the bottom of your purse. Guys, don't have it in the bottom of your middle console or in your glove box, because guess what? You have to reach in order to get to it. And so I say, have it someplace accessible, have it on the visor, have it in your cup holder. But either way, if it's out of reach, you just want to keep your hands at 10 and 2, wait for a police officer to come up to the window, and then you're going to have to say, officer, my driver's license is in my purse, it's in my console, it's wherever it is, can I reach for it? You don't want to suddenly start moving around reaching because he's going to assume that you're reaching for something to hurt him with, or he's going to assume that you are hiding contraband. And that can go bad for a lot of different reasons. Your car is going to get ransacked, whether you have something or not. You are going to get patted down and probably thrown against the back of the car. So let's avoid all of that by not moving around. This, in the same vein, if you're walking down the street, a lot of times we end up fumbling with our phones. Either we're trying to film what's going on with the cop or we're trying to put our phone up. Leave the phone alone. Even if that means if you got to drop it on the ground and crack the screen, do that. You don't want to be fumbling with your phone because, again, we know people have been shot and killed by police 
reaching for their phone simply because the officer thought that the phone was a weapon or did not know what you were reaching for. The next one is do not resist. Again, sounds really simple, sounds basic. Well, why would I resist a police officer? That's because we think of resisting in the terms in terms of fighting. Resisting is not fighting. Resisting can be fighting. It can also be yelling at the cop when he's telling you to give him his driver's license. I'm not giving you anything until you tell me why you pulled me over. Guess what? Now you're a passive resistor and he gets to use force against you. Resisting can be making your body go stiff or making your body go limp. It can be refusing to give the officer your wrist, his wrist, your wrist, <laughs> so that he can handcuff you. So there are a lot of different ways to resist. And you just, again, essentially you don't want to react. You don't want to pull away. You want to comply if you have to be arrested. And then you want to fight this battle in the courtroom and not on the corners. And then the last one is the most important one, which is do not, do not, do not run your mouth. So from three years old on, we are inclined to try to talk our way out of bad situations. No, mommy, I didn't steal the cookie. Little Johnny stole the cookie. Or I took the cookie, but what had happened was we're so used to talking our, our way out of bad situations. And with police, that simply doesn't work. Because oftentimes they have information that we don't know that they have. They've spoken to other people who we don't know they're spoken to. Or they're in the dark completely and they're trying to put a, together a puzzle that makes sense to them. And they're using any bit of information you give them to put that puzzle together, whether it is the truth or not. So most people are shocked when I tell them nobody <laughs> on either side in a courtroom is seeking the truth. Nobody cares about the truth. Everybody cares about who can tell the best story. So a police officer is trying to put together the best story so that he can pass it off to his supervisor. The supervisor is then going to pass it off to the prosecutor. The prosecutor is going to try to sell that story to a judge or a jury. Nobody cares what the truth is. And so oftentimes people come into my office, I'll read the police reports to them, and they'll say, April, look, I was there wrong. What I did was bad, but everything in that report is wrong. Because the officer made a story that made sense to him. And this doesn't mean it's a bad cop. It just means he was trying to put together the facts in a way that he understood and then pass it off to somebody else. And then they sell the same story. So you do not want to talk. The littlest thing could really hem you up. And moms and dads who are listening to this, who tell your kids, oh, baby, just tell the truth. Just tell them what you did so we can go home. You literally could be sending your child away for 20 or 45 years with that God awful advice. I'll tell you a quick story. I made a long story, hopefully quickly as I possibly can. I was uh, I was in a I went down. The police told me to come on down cause, to the police station at Belmont and Western. Right. On the north side. And to make a long story short. I thought I was innocent. They said I robbed somebody on the north side, like uh, Broadway and diversity, whatever. And I'm like, no, nah, I ain't do that. <laughs> so I said, you want to you want to go in the lineup? Yeah, I go in the lineup. I'm innocent. And before I knew it, I was in the lineup with a bunch of other guys. And the woman behind the glass said he was she was she didn't say, no, I can hear. I can see her. She was pointing right at me. I can see her. She pointed right at me. But luckily, uh, attorney prayer. I think the, uh, the officer did some background. He knew I was a homeowner. I, was, I think it was like 89, 90s. I can't remember. A long time ago. And I looked like a lot of people at 10 o'clock at night. Didn't shave back in the day. All that kind of stuff. And I think the only reason why he let me go, because he did some research on me, I found out. And then, of course, uh, some people say, you got you went home, Mark, because you had the complexion for the connection. And that may have been a part of it. 
But I did not want to call a lawyer because I thought the lawyer is going to cost me money. It's going to be trouble. Where were you in 1989, 1990? Maybe I should have called you. To, to help me. <laughs> I <laughs> that, was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that was that was that was a bad thing I did going to the police station without a lawyer. Right. That was awful. And that could have gone and oftentimes goes very badly. So but that's the position most people are in. Hey, I don't have money for a lawyer or I don't really need a lawyer. I'm just going to go up here and tell my story. I'm going to just tell it's all what I hear most from black folks is, oh, it's all just one big mistake. I'm just going to go explain how it's all one big mistake. And then you go to the police station and you never come home. So the good thing about Cook County now, that wasn't the case back in 1989 or 1990, is we are the only county in the world where you can get an attorney at the police station for free. And so that in large part is because we are also the false confession capital of the world and we are the police torture capital of the world. And that is all due to the long history of John Burge um, snatching little black boys off the street from 1972 to 1991 and beating them, torturing them, electrocuting them, and then charging them with murder. And so as a result, we are finally getting on board and we are finally saying that attorneys are going to be free in the police station. You simply have to ask. But police are never going to advertise this to you. They're actually supposed to have signs on the walls and every single police station I've been to doesn't have signs on the wall. And so this is something if you don't know or your loved one doesn't know, you wouldn't know to ask for. But if you ask, a public defender will be sent to the police station to assist you. But the thing is, while you're waiting for that person to come, you have to shut up. If you keep talking or you keep making small talk with the cop, you're going to find yourself in a very bad situation where that attorney can't help. And the other thing is black folks usually wait too long to call the attorney. So I've gotten called to several police stations, but on average, families wait 18 hours to call me. And I'm always like, I'll do what I can, but I guarantee your kid talks in the first 18 minutes. So you have to, you have to call for an attorney and Things are changing in Illinois, like there were several lawsuits about police not giving people their phone call. They simply just wouldn't give them their phone call. They would keep them 24, 36 hours and then say you'll get your call when you go to county jail. So now that's changed. You have to get a phone call, three phone calls within three hours of being arrested. So that's big. Police are... Um, Attorneys are free at the police station, so that's huge. And then the other thing is there's a new law that says that police cannot lie to juveniles. Now, think about that. This is 2022. That law went into effect a month ago. And in all other, in all 50 states until a month ago, it was completely legal to lie to children. They could tell you anything. Your mother's dead. Your cousin is in the next room and said you did it. Uh, we have your DNA, we have your prints, we have you on video. They can say whatever they want it to children as young as three and four because there's no limit to who they can arrest and who they could tell these lies to. But the the catch now is they can't lie to the kid, but they can still lie to mama. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm so you have to have a lawyer. <laughs> I, I'm listening to you and I was like, I almost got exhausted. I almost want to. I, my bed is right over here. I wanted to get in the bed and lie down, <laughs> because. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to end this podcast uh, in a second, because I'm going to paraphrase Malcolm X. And Malcolm X said, oh, "That's what I heard." He said, <laughs> "Already said that everything south of the Canadian border is the South." Mm 
And it seemed like every generation has to remind it. You are in the United States of America, blah, 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 blah. Hopefully somebody listens to you. This podcast, you have other videos on the computer because if they listen to this or even some of the other presentations, uh, you have, you're going to save some lives, save some, um, uh, save some drama and save some money. Sometimes you have to pay a good attorney like April prayer. That's going to save you some money on the back end. So let me, um, let me thank you for being my guest on 400 plus. And, and you, you said so much, but if you want to say a little bit more to tell folks that we got to shut up and lawyer up. Well, the main thing we have to do is start being proactive instead of reactive. And as black people, we are notorious for this. We want to wait to put out the fire <laughs> instead of buying the smoke detector <laughs> or, or having water on hand in case there is a fire. We always want to wait until things are the absolute worst before we address it instead of getting in front of it. So what I do is I do preventative education. I have a board game that I developed that teaches teens everything that I was talking to you about in the form of 54 real life scenarios that they can find themselves in. And they tend to, they tend to learn faster than when somebody is stand instead of when their parents are pointing their finger at them saying, do this and don't do that. The other thing I do is I do street law courses. I go into organizations. I do a five session course where I teach kids about searches and seizures and police stops and all these other things. But mostly I give them the confidence to know that they'll be okay and they can turn any bad situation around with their friends and they can turn any bad situation around with a police officer. So instead of waiting for the house to burn to the ground, let's start doing some preventative measures. Let's start being proactive instead of always being reactive.